0: Hello everyone. Welcome back to Sabbath School from home. This week's podcast is slightly different. Uh, quite frequently, after having our discussion, uh, we stick around on the Zoom call and chat informally. And last week, after um, after our formal recording, when when we'd stopped hitting the record button uh, on our recording software, uh, we had what we thought, in retrospect, was was a very valuable uh, discussion, possibly more so than the podcast we just recorded. And uh, it was not recorded uh, on our dedicated software, but was recorded as part of the Zoom session. So uh, the audio quality is not going to be quite as good, uh, but we hope the quality of the ideas is just as good. Uh, As always, uh, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune in and listen. Uh, Please feel free to share this podcast Uh, with anyone you feel it might benefit Uh, you can email us at sabbathschoolfromhome at gmail.com if you haven't listened to last week's uh, recording then i'd suggest you go and do that now just so that this discussion makes sense Uh, we continue on uh, looking at ezekiel 28 uh, in this recording uh, focusing in on two verses uh, in particular and uh, but it might be worthwhile either listening to last week's episode or, or turning to Ezekiel 28 and casting your eyes over it just so that you're familiar with the passages that are referred to. Uh, without any more ado, I'll uh, now uh, pass over to last week's post recording recording uh, from the Zoom chat audio. I uh, hope you enjoy. I
1: really. We definitely, had, yeah, we had no trouble filling filling the time.
0: No,
2: I, I'm I'm captivated in a way that I can't quite put into words by verse 15. You're blameless until the day evil was found in mm,
3: you. Mm. Mm. I, I, there's more to it. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get you know get it articulated in any no. <laughs> helpful way. Uh, what a two two books that come to mind as a result of our discussion tonight, uh, perhaps not entirely unrelated. One, but to the first part of our discussion, um, it's a book by Peter Enns called The Sin of Certainty, Um, Uh Why God Desires Our Trust More Than Our Correct Beliefs. Um, And he starts the book off by referring Mm. to the uh, scene from The Bridge to Terabithia, um, where um, Leslie goes to church uh, with Jess and Maybell, um, and and comes away think saying that whole Jesus thing, it's really interesting. And one of them, uh, one of the others, says, "It's not interesting. It's scary. It's knowing holes through your hand. It's because we're all vile sinners that God made Jesus die." And Leslie says, "Do you really think that's true?" And not only do they believe it is, but Jess tells her they have to believe it because it's in the Bible. And and she dutifully adds, if you don't believe in the Bible, God will damn you to hell when you die. And then Leslie says, I seriously do not think God goes around damning people to hell. He's too busy running all this and points to, you know, the sky and the trees and, um, uh, and, and, uh, um, he you know, points out that that suddenly gave him this crisis of, of well, that but that's what he's always believed. God damns people to hell, you know. It's mm. and you have to believe this because it's in the Bible. And what, what you, and suddenly his certainty di- dissipated. The other is um, uh, the other is um, a book by a, a Tasmanian author. I think he's Tasmanian. Um, reasonably sure he's Tasmanian. Uh, we won the Tasmanian Book Prize. Uh, And he's got a PhD from the university. He's a research associate in the School of Geography and Environmental Studies at the University of Tasmania. And he's written a book called Born Bad, Original Mm. Sin and the Making of the Western World. Um, uh, So interesting that a a bloke with a PhD uh, who's an honorary research associate in the School of Geography and Environmental Studies writes a book about original sin and how it's Mm. impacted... Uh, Western democracy, uh, uh, but I think that that that's that's really what the, uh, verse fifteen is. That, uh, one of the interesting th- is it that we're born bad, or is it that we become bad? Um, mm.
1: Well, and if if our becoming bad is inevitable because of our natures, even mm. if we are born not bad, is that not exact in practice the same? Mm. Mm-hmm. it doesn't matter and, if you're born happens... innocent if it's inevitable that you will become not innocent at some point what if the no, same what if... as being born not innocent
0: what if the binary nature of this is not helpful what if you well, were to say instead at every point in time you are either becoming better or becoming worse
1: mm. Mm.
0: that's such a different paradigm and if you live under that paradigm i don't see that the question of whether sin is original in us or not Mm. is relevant Mm. to that discussion. I just don't.
1: Yes. And Cam, that, that uh, paradigm is very consistent with the new Testament. You know, the, your sins shall be as white as snow. That sort of, it will be made white and you go again and you become better and better. And then you become worse. And then, you are forgiven and then you become better and better. And, then you know, it's, yeah, um, not done in a cynical way, but but in a genuine way, I think that's probably a pretty good description of how it, how it more or less works. Mm. Look, the way, the way that you feel about verse 15, I, I personally feel about verse 9. Right. I just, I really wanted to get onto, onto that whole thing in the first 10 verses about, you know, you call yourself a god. And then it's such an effective refuting of that claimed godhood, which was a very common cultural thing. Kings mm. rules, mm. absolute monarchs called themselves yeah. gods all the time. And it's just like, someone's <laughs> going to kill you and you're not going to be a god to them. I know.
2: That's an amazing, amazing teardown, isn't it? It's yeah. so, so good. The in the New Living it, Translation, is: yeah. will you then boast, I am a god to those who kill you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to them, you'll be no god, but well, merely a man.
1: Listen to the KJV. Wilt thou yet say before him that slayeth thee, I am God, but thou shalt be a man and no God in the hands of him that slayeth thee. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's just, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, that is, it's, you know, it's very, um, that, that I think is a, is a sort of universal message as well to everybody, you know, that. Yeah.
2: yeah. You, <clears throat> well, I've, I've enjoyed that. Um Yes, oh, I do need likewise. to go. I, I hope, I go, I, I hope yeah. my
1: contribution didn't sound too bad-tempered. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, really, I'm really tired of this Adventist. Everything's the great controversy, and we'll pick a verse here and a verse here and a verse here and a verse here. You can pick any verse at random in the Bible and make it about <laughs> Jesus. You ah, can, but that's because it is. Um, anything. <laughs> <maybe.
0: laughs>
1: yes, well. Um, <laughs> so,
2: it's yes yeah i i think um i think that it can be overdone trying to i remember very clearly someone who is a friend of mine and um and a pastor and i remember them saying at one point that it's sort of in a conversation they were almost startled by questions not this kind of question but the similar sort of category of question and their statement was basically oh well but the reason I'm Adventist is because we have a watertight theology, <laughs> and I just remember being really to- so totally floored by this saying that that I, I just I didn't even have anything useful really to say back. It, it came at me like an idea that I'd never even thought of before. I'm, I'm wondering how you, I
3: would respond to that. I, yeah, I, you I know, I just heard I my response; Islamic it wouldn't have gone well. well in conversation. Yeah.
1: But but, but I, 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 involuntarily, if, if somebody in says case,
3: something like. That my my, and my initial response is well what happens if there's a leak somewhere? You know my
0: my response was my response was uh, is that an admirable quality for theologies? yeah is that yeah. something if you're shopping for a theology would you look for one that's water tar? i mean if you're if you're shopping for a sieve or a colander you don't look for one that's water no i mean I,
2: I i think that those are all good responses
1: i've pondered. i've there you I've go. There's, a book, there's a book title in that for you cam yeah. Is theology yeah. a sieve or an umbrella yeah yeah
3: yeah. Uh, like like you've reflected on it and what what over the you know it's one of those conversations where you go oh i wish i thought what have you thought i wish i had thought to say that well i i don't know i
2: think that the thing that i think most most vividly though is what a tight it's the same problem it's the same problem with with perfection this mm-hmm. word perfect which doesn't occur in genesis but we all retrofit from greek philosophy back in, mm-hmm. and we may we the problem with perfect is there is no way it can possibly change mm-hmm. because because if something is perfect and it becomes different then it it can only be less than perfect mm-hmm. whereas the genesis story tells us of a thing which is called good not perfect and which is yeah. instructed to you know, change you know what because it's instructed to multiply and develop and feel and mature and you know feel we, the earth
1: we very we very uh, we do both the Greeks and the Hebrews a disservice when we apply the Greek concept mm. of perfect that way. Because I, if you read what Plato wrote about you know perfect mm. ideals, they the Greeks never conceived of those as things that existed in the actual world, yeah, they were more like directions that something or, or spectrums mm. that something that you could approach perfection. You, perfection didn't actually exist physically, so to yeah. say this physical creation was perfection, I don't think it's something the Greeks ever would have done. Yeah, and it's I not something my, that the Hebrews did do. So it's yeah. just us that does it. So following
2: the analogy to that idea of perfection and sort of per, 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 perfect creation, my problem with a the watertight theology is what what room is there left for following the leading of the Holy Spirit? I mean, if you've got all the if you know all the answers already, if it has already all been worked out. And it is in fact watertight. Then you are not open to the leading of God's Spirit anymore. You can't be. That's that's that seems to me the fundamental conundrum. If you are indeed open to the Spirit of God leading you into new truth, then then that can only be by starting with the admission that there is yet truth to find. There is yet a hole still in your colander.
0: Yeah. But I no. But I am warming to this image of of. Um, theology being a colander, because the purpose of a civil colander is to let most things through, but to catch the important <laughs> bits. So yeah. if, you, if, you, if you then said <laughs> the purpose of a theology is it, it will let most things through. I mean, most things, so for instance, um, half-life of a uranium atom is an interesting factual truth, but it's just not something that's going to make my life more meaningful or help me live a life that has more purpose. Um, uh, there's lots of aspects to our experience, which can be used for good or used for bad. But in themselves, are just they fall through the colander. It just doesn't. Mm. It just doesn't matter. And so the 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 feature of the colander is the holes. Mm. Um, and that it catches the bits that you want to catch. So then you say, well, the purpose of a theology is not that it's going to not answer all the questions. Why would I want? Why would I want something that answers all the questions? There's so many useless questions out there. Then yeah. um, the, well, the yeah. answers to which won't help me, um, such as whether eating chocolate makes you see better in the dark. Um, I don't want something that answers every question. I want something that answers just a few really important questions.
1: Well, or even, Cam, something that poses a few really important questions. I would would point out that the very concept of a perfect theology is not consistent with biblical teachings. Paul makes it very clear that Mm. we see through a mirror darkly. Anybody mm-hmm. claiming mm-hmm. to have a perfect theology is not basing that up, that particular belief of theirs on the Bible. Mm.
3: Yeah. I just have a feeling we should have recorded the first part of our discussion. Before we pressed record, and the last part of our discussion after we've pressed stop, <laughs> and made that the well, podcast. I, I think I think it probably would have been.
1: I think Ken, in this case, the limitations have something to do with uh, the uh, editing process. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the desire not to have a one and a half hour podcast. Yeah,
2: technically there is the backup recording of the Zoom call. We we could extract a bonus episode and put something together. <laughs>
0: That was the uh, the end of our discussion. Uh, to all effective purposes, what followed was a uh, detailed description of uh, the TAF weather forecast system for aerodromes and an interactive map that Ken has on his wall, which gives him live information on the current weather at different aerodromes. And uh, though that's of m- much interest to us, we suspect it might be of less interest to you. So I've, I've cut the recording there. Uh, please join us again next week. Next week we'll be having a full discussion again. And... Um, Please tell your friends about this podcast and indeed your enemies. Uh, We wish you all of God's blessing and look forward to you tuning in uh, next week.